good morning, family. As Christmas gets closer, I find myself remembering Christmases as a child. Do you? I was thinking the other day about when I was little and how our mother used to give us the Sears catalog so that we could make a Christmas wish list. You too? Do you still make a list? All that to ask, what's on your wish list this Christmas? We're working our way through the season of Advent. On the first Sunday of Advent, we learned that Advent is a time to let go. On the second Sunday, we learned that Advent is a time to prepare. And now today is the third Sunday of Advent, and Christmas will be here before we know it. Speaking of Christmas, remember I will have a very special Christmas Eve video for you on Sunday, December 24th, and it will be available beginning at 3 p.m. Well, today, let's revisit an old friend. Actually, let's touch base with two old friends, okay? One is named John the Baptist. We met him last week as he prepared the way of the Lord. Today, we get to hear John defend and define his role as the prophet of the coming Savior. Let's read from the Gospel according to John, chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. Hear the word of the Lord. This, then, is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He admitted with complete candor, I am not Christ. So they asked him, Who are you then? Are you Elijah? No, I am not, he replied. Are you the prophet? No, he replied. Well then, they asked again, Who are you? We want to give an answer to the people who sent us. What would you call yourself? I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. Now some of the Pharisees had been sent to John, and they questioned him. What is the reason then for your baptizing people if you are not Christ and not Elijah and not the prophet? To which John returned, I do baptize with water, but somewhere among you stands a man you do not know. He comes after me, it is true, but I am not fit to undo his shoes. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. So we say, thanks be to God. Now, I told you we were going to touch base with two old friends, didn't I? Well, John the Baptist is one. The other old friend probably plays a role in your Christmas traditions. I know he does in ours. One of the Christmas traditions that we've adopted is watching the Muppets Christmas Carol movie at some point during the month of December. As I'm sure you know, the tale of crotchety old Ebenezer Scrooge is a timeless classic. Old Man Scrooge embodies the selfish, self-centered, unforgiving, and unloving qualities of some people. Scrooge made the word bah humbug popular, and he is for us the perfect embodiment of sinfulness. Regardless of which version of the movie we watch, or if we read this famous story, Scrooge is a reminder to us of our own need for repentance, and he shows us the love and joy that follow true repentance. Ultimately, Scrooge's repentance leads to rejoicing and a whole new awareness and appreciation of himself and the world around him, right? The good news here is that Scrooge repents for his cold and heartless behavior. 
after years of selfish and miserly living, a life without faith or friendship or love, his repentance brings forgiveness and he is able to love and ultimately to rejoice in life. Today, the Bible talks to us very clearly about repentance and rejoicing too. In the Hebrew scriptures, the great prophet Isaiah invited us to be glad and to rejoice in what God is creating. If that's not enough, the Apostle Paul echoes Isaiah's invitation when he declares to the Thessalonians and to us, Rejoice always. Now that's challenging to say the least, isn't it? You see, Advent this year is not really all that different from the first one some 2,000 years ago. Violence, loss, children at risk, lament, longing, war, fear. Peace has to be more than warmth and coziness and niceties. Peace must speak to this moment, to this reality, and to these needs, as well as to the brutality we see around us. Advent comes not in spite of this moment in time, but precisely because of it. And the very things that folks needed 2,000 years ago are the very same things we need today. Repentance and rejoicing. Last week, John the Baptist invited us to make a straight path to God so that we could be in a right relationship with God and with one another through repentance. In today's gospel, John calls us to rejoice. For Jesus the Lord is at hand. Repentance and rejoicing are certainly cornerstones of the Christian faith, aren't they? They go hand in hand. And as followers of Jesus, we're called to repent, which means to turn away from sin and to turn toward God. Repentance means, then, to focus on God instead of on ourselves. Repentance is focusing on Jesus rather than on our needs and our wants. Repentance means focusing on God instead of our own sin. So repentance requires that we turn away from ourselves and our sinfulness. Repentance requires us to focus on Jesus and on his love for us and his love for those around us. Therefore, genuine repentance leads us to rejoicing. All too often, we are so totally self-centered and self-absorbed that we shut God out of our lives altogether. It's difficult, if not impossible, to rejoice when that's the case. Like old Ebenezer Scrooge, our lives can be dreary and desolate without joy and rejoicing. The absence of joy is most noticeable when the selfish, self-centered, narcissistic, sinful, and darker sides of each of us dominates and influences our thoughts and behaviors. When we refuse or when we are unwilling to acknowledge the sin in our lives and the sin that is around us, we will not experience true joy. It takes repentance to reorient and refocus our lives on Jesus. And he will lead us to a posture, into an attitude of rejoicing. Now, if for some reason you are not in the Advent or Christmas spirit quite yet, or if you feel like Ebenezer Scrooge before his conversion, then remember, as John the Baptist reminds us today, that the season of Advent is a call to repentance. Advent invites us to make a straight path, to turn from materialism and commercialism, from hedonism and greed, from infidelity and neglect, distrust and racism, from laziness and selfishness, from pride and envy, to turn away from all sin in all its forms. Advent calls us to repent, 
so that we can rejoice in the Christmas season and experience a new way of living. Isaiah described it this way. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the young goat. The calf and the lion will graze together and a little child will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze and their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child will play over the hole of the cobra and the weaned child will put his hand on vipers' dens. They will neither harm nor destroy on my holy mountain for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. See, here's the thing. The realm of God is a new reality. Jesus did not come to preserve the status quo. Jesus wasn't born to promote business as usual. The kingdom of God is a new kind of living. It's a new world. And we can experience the peace and wholeness of that world and of Jesus through repentance and rejoicing. Now, according to my calculations, there are only six shopping days until Christmas. So whether your shopping is done or you've only just begun, can we add two more items to your list? Let's call them two R's. And if we add the repentance first, that will lead us to rejoicing. Basically, repentance means to get right with God, to reposition ourselves toward God, to make straight paths. So when we get right with God, we also become right with ourselves and right with one another. And genuine repentance leads us to rejoicing. Are repentance and rejoicing on your wish list this year? I hope so. Let's pray. God, for whom we watch and wait, you sent John the Baptist to prepare the way of your son. Give us courage to speak the truth, to hunger for justice, and to suffer for the cause of right with Jesus Christ our Lord. Help us to value repentance and rejoicing. Fill us with your spirit so that we can be honest with you and rejoice in your good works. Help us to prepare and make your way ready so that when you come again to judge the world, we may be found acceptable in your sight. Give us eyes to see the best in people, hearts to forgive the worst, minds that forget the bad, and souls that never lose faith in you. And now using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As always, thank you. I really do appreciate you joining me today, and I hope that these words were helpful to you. If they were, will you like, review, and share this episode? If you leave a good review, it will help other people to find and to benefit from these devotional thoughts. By the way, if you have a need or a prayer request, please leave a message in the comments section, and then be assured that I will be praying for you and your need. And don't forget, on Sunday, December 24th, I'll have a special Christmas Eve video for you, and it will be available for you to use beginning at 3 p.m. 
Now, this week, your job is to love at least three people and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Why? Because everyone needs love and everyone needs to know that God loves them no matter what. And remember, with Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now receive these words of benediction today. May the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen? Amen. Amen.